to Stock Talk Podcast, where topics are covered and questions are answered across all parts of the show stock industry. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Trevor Kirkpatrick and Corey Edge. Hey, that's us. That is us, man. Hey, we are a busy time of year already here towards the end of January. Just got back from the Southeast Regional and you are currently not at home. That is correct. I am in uh, Chicago, Illinois uh, for a work conference this week. However, things are going smoothly at home. I uh, got a couple couple pictures of, of some more lambs on the ground, which leaves us with three left to go. Oh, boy. And we, are, and we are done with lambing season. Heck, yeah. Man, that was kind of a full month. You kind of got them all in one month. Yeah. Uh, between, between December and, and Jane, I mean, January was just, uh, we had them stacked on top of each other. Yeah. Um, yeah wow. So good stuff. Well, went well, um, things are going good here on the stock talk front too. I, uh, I talked to a lot of people down there in Perry, got to comment with our good folks at Walton webcasting, by the way, if you have not yet subscribed to Walton webcasting, I think you should just to kind of hear the conversations that were had on the live feed there in Perry, Georgia. Um, I don't know if you heard or not, Corey, but uh, we've got to, I got to talk or commentate with the Kyle Poland. He also was the showmanship judge and he judged the uh, open, some of the open show. And I really enjoyed this time there. So um, lots of fun there in Perry, learned a lot about different topics. And um, so Kind of recouping from that, got a little sore throat with only having two days between Denver and Perry, but um, we're jumping right on top of it. So that uh, just just wanted to put that out there, folks. Walton Webcasting is doing things big time. Uh, while I was commentating the Barra show, or excuse me, the Guilt show, there was over a hundred thousand viewers, which Perry is now the second largest show in the country, next to the Exposition. It surpassed Summer Spectacular. So that's way cool. But Walton Webcasting had over 100,000 viewers, and there was at 500 shares on the Facebook page. We had some first-time people from India and Mexico and Canada. So incredibly awesome stuff that Walton Webcasting is doing. Guys, if you're not watching that on a weekly basis, you're missing out. Uh, really need to go in there. If you've missed it, you can still subscribe and see all the shows that's already been out there. Yeah, it's... um in case anybody wants to know how much it costs to subscribe, it's four ninety nine a month. Yeah. I mean, you could find four dollars ninety nine cents worth of change on the floorboard of your vehicle. Yes, at least I can. I mean, that's <laughs> maybe I'm talking from some self experience, but yes, I would also note that the entertainment factor of having the ability to commentate during the shows is incredible. Oh, I yes. mean, I won't lie. I may or may not have texted Trevor some wordplay challenges while he was commentating <laughs> and he nailed them. So if you know anybody that's commentating on Walton, it's a fun little game to play. Text some random phrases or words that they need to incorporate during a class. And it is hilarious. Yes. Oh, that was a lot of fun. Nobody, nobody else knows. Nobody else will know. <laughs> you just, just do it. Well, maybe if they subscribe and go watch it, watch the, the purebred guilt show, they'll have to, maybe find out what those words were and then get a hold of us on social media or message us and say, Hey, were these your words? Was this your challenge? Yes. I, I, I love it. Maybe. Yeah. They can ask us what we do. Yeah. What our challenges are. I love it. I would like to say Trevor did string together a sentence that was eloquently put together <laughs> with some very random words. Yes. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Good stuff. Well, um, speaking of another presenting sponsor that we have, it ties right in directly to the two guests that you're going to hear today. So thinking back two weeks ago, we were sitting in the Showcattle Connection tent there in Denver, Colorado. So mm -hmm. we got to talk to Miss Aaron Dorsey and Mr. P.D. Miller that you're going to hear from here in just a moment. But man, we had a lot of fun there at the Showcattle Connection tent. Yeah, and what's so cool about that crew is that they're all just good people that are involved in the industry. And if you have any questions on how to buy and sell cattle, 
they have got you covered with showcattleconnection.com, which Trevor, you know, we talked about, um, you know, I, I think what's the, what the coolest part of, about Denver was in the yards is just the amount of people that were there that could all connect mm-hmm. and we're all there to make buying decisions. So I think what better place to go than show cattle connection. Now show cattle connection is also very closely tied with some other great friends of ours at showpig.com. And for those that are not aware or have not heard yet about the autumn Zundel family, um, I think things are progressing from what I've seen in the updates on Facebook. Things are progressing well, but autumn uh, is a incredible young lady um, shows multiple species, Pennsylvania, and has had a medical situation that has been a little bit of a setback for her. And in this process, there's been just an outpouring of love and support from the showstock community. And Trevor, you got to witness something pretty cool when you were down in Perry. Um, yeah. That's going to tie into what's going to happen tomorrow on showpig.com. Uh, there's a benefit auction uh, for Autumn and her family. As you can imagine, with the stress of this medical emergency, um, the financial burden is the part that they should be the less, uh, least worried about. Excuse me. Right. And, I think we are all in a position um, or those of us that are in a position to help should. And I think we do that on a, on a very large scale. So go to showpig.com tomorrow. Um, there's going to be all kinds of stuff on there. I, I mean, I couldn't even start listing what all is going to be on there. Um, we, we personally are going to have two ads for um, to auction on. So yep. you can take two ads any time of the year and incorporate them in any episode that you want. So, Corey, you mentioned what happened down there in Perry. I had chills thinking about it. Um, there was a family from Pennsylvania. I failed to remember their name. I apologize. But they donated a crossbred guilt that was actually a littermate to the reserve barrow at the Pennsylvania Farm Show that Autumn's brother showed. So it's all kind of very closely interconnected. This guilt brought 8500 and all of that money was donated to the Zundel family. And where they paraded her during, the, uh, during both shows, the junior show, and then again the open show. So the amount of support and network and the, just the family that surrounds the livestock community in all species is absolutely incredible. Um, this weekend I'm going down to London for the last, uh, winter show here in Ohio, and they're going to have a silent auction for the family. So it's just everywhere. And if, if you guys are listening to this, please reach out to, uh, Will Hilty and, and that family to, to, and he can kind of get you in the right direction. If you want to donate something or go to the GoFundMe page, um, there is a way that you can support this family that's in need. Um, any way, shape, or form, rather it's bidding on the auction tomorrow, or if you don't feel comfortable bidding and still want to donate, you can definitely do that many different ways. So our hearts go out to the Zundel family. Uh, that little girl's a fighter. I've had the opportunity to watch her judge at the county fair and here most recently at the Pennsylvania Farm Show. And if she fights and competes like she does in the show ring, there's no doubt that she's going to pull through this medical emergency, um, that family is an incredible livestock family, and um, our hearts go out to them. So reach out, folks. Um, we're all family here. We love to compete in the ring, but when something happens outside of the ring, it's time to pull together. And if you can't, you know, if you can't take on the financial part of the donation or giving, the the thing that we can all do is give it, give it up to the big man upstairs, say some prayers for, for autumn and the family. Um, you know, that, that takes a minute out of your day to do. You betcha. Well, um, Kirky, we got a, we got a pretty cool episode lined up here. I think this is one of the most intriguing dual guest episodes that we've had just because they're two different ends of the spectrum. 
We talk a little history of the stockyards. We talk a little bit of future and a young man. So this is packed full of cool, interesting knowledge of two folks who are there separately. They weren't at the mic at the same time, which actually makes it kind of cool. But I think our listeners are in for, for quite a special treat. Well, Trev, I say let's give the folks what they came here to do, and that's listen to an awesome interview with two folks that I think are going to bring a lot of cool topics of discussion, cool history points to the show today. Please welcome Miss Aaron Dorsey, Mr. P.D. Miller. Thanks for joining us. I know uh, you had to twist your arm just a little bit to get here. Just a smidge. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> we appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your extremely busy week, a uh, couple weeks, to do this. So just explain uh, really who you are and what you do here in the arts. Uh, my name is Erin Dorsey. I have uh, been working here at the National Western for 12 years now. I actually grew up here at the National Western, or in Colorado, basically showing at National Western. Started showing here when I was three years old. I showed my first year on wow. the hill in the open, in the open steer show. And um, we used to show cattle in the yards as well. We had pins of Herefords that we showed, and we also showed pins of Maine Anjou. So I have a lot of history here as well with myself, as well uh-huh. as the history of the National Western and the yards as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's one of the things Trevor and I love talking about history and learning the history, especially of these stock shows in Denver. Probably has one of the richest histories of any stock show in the country, um, you know. People bringing carloads literally by rail uh, across the country to come here and show an exhibit. Um, tell us a little bit about how uh, Denver, as, a, as the stock show and the yards especially, has developed from its inception until today. So actually the yards we're sitting in right now, actually the herd side area also used to be all pins. So the cattle were all brought in on rail car, which was used to be over here on the east side of the railroad, on the east side of the yards. And people would bring them in on rail car. They'd open up the door, unload them into the pins, sort them, and they mainly showed them in pins of threes and fives back then. And they did do some carloads, and they actually showed them in groups of 20 as well. Wow. So, but the yards actually encompassed all the way from here down past National Western Drive, clear down to the bridge, and all the way north. So there used to be seven kill plants around here at one time that a lot of people don't even realize about. That's insane. So (laughs) actually, if you look, there's a couple places underneath the yards here where there's actually some tunnels. No way. They go underneath the yards. It used to be go across the road to the old, to the lamb and hog slaughter plant that was the old Lumaton building that we just have torn down for our new rebuild project. So yeah, so there's still actually a couple tunnels underneath the yards. So would they drive those cattle and stuff in the tunnels, they would drive or? the lambs and the pigs okay. in the tunnels. Yeah, okay. the say, cattle probably, all stayed above ground. I was going to say, getting the cattle through there might be a little <laughs> tricky. <laughs> if you guys look over over to the west side of the yards, over by the deep parking lot where a lot of us are parking, there is a sheep bridge that actually goes across the road to one of the um, one of the kill plants that we actually have still in existence. Gotcha. Well, so, so, when was the very first National Western? The very first National Western was 1906. 1906. And that was on the hill only. And they did it in a circus tent. Wow. Yeah. Holy cow. It's not a circus tent up there anymore. No, it's it's a circus, but not a circus <laughs> tent. <laughs> you know, it makes you wonder, too, like somebody wants to start a show at home or whatever. And I'm sure the people who founded this organization and this show had a big dream. And look where this place is at now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about it because the stadium arena, which will actually keep standing even after we do our rebuild, um, it is a historical landmark. And it was actually the night we call it the 1908 building. Mm-hmm. And we wow. had a stock show here every year except for one year during the war. Wow. wow. And when it started, the first four breeds that started in Denver were Angus, Herefords, Shorthorns, and Galloways. Wow. Those were the first four breeds. To of, all, of the four, Galloways. Yeah. Not Belta Galloways, was... just regular Galloways. Yes. And we still have, to, the, to this day, we still have a Galloway show in the yards here. That's wow. awesome. Yep. So when it comes to stock shows, a person that is in your position usually takes on a lot of responsibility that's very thankless. Mm-hmm. So I often think that people in those positions are a little bit crazy for what they do. <laughs> what made you decide that this was something that you wanted to be involved in? Well, I've had a lot of passion for the livestock industry my whole life. As my my mother and father, my dad was my mom's 4-H livestock judging team coach, and that's, so that's how they met. So it was honestly bred into me, honestly, is how I've gotten here. But, uh, you know, we grew up doing it. I grew up in the industry, went to college. Um, I used to travel on the road. We showed cattle. You know, we showed cattle, sheep, pigs, everything. If we went to a show, my dad made sure we took everything. 
So when I got into the industry, I went to college, and for a while I went and actually worked in in the industry, but in a different aspect of the industry where I had owned showstring embroidery for a while. And um, then I sold that and took some time off, and position opened up here, and here I am. Wow. Almost 13 years later. Wow. 13 years. I was going to ask how yep. long. That's, uh, that's awesome. You know, it's evolved so quickly. I, I keep going back to that, but... I walked into the yard. Last time I was here was when I was with the judging team, and uh, that was a few years ago. And it's already changing. It's opened up. You got new pins. The the stockyard looks different. So that that leads me to my next question: Is you mentioned the rebuild and the future of this place? We've talked a little bit about the history, but where are we going in the the stock show? So moving forward, right now we're sitting on we were sitting on ninety some acres here, and we're going to expand that to over a hundred over a hundred plus acres. Wow. Um, closer to two hundred acres. And we're expanding. So now as we sit here this year, where we're sitting this year will not be here next year. Our new hopefully our new stockyards event center as we are going to be calling it then will encompass the show ring. The livestock center auction arena is what we're sitting next to now and all of our all of our offices for the yards. So therefore everything will move clear to the north end of the yards where you see now if you come out here and you see a big open pad that's where the actual new yards is going to be sitting. So it's going to be quite gotcha. a ways up there. So what? you get all your exercise in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, just walking up the well, up and down the uh, to get the to the hill and, mm-hmm. and back down to the yard. Well, you're not very good build anyway, That's so right. it takes it takes <laughs> a good one to, to walk get around. Get ten thousand steps in uh, and nothing flat. Not not even not even two days. Uh, <laughs> so here's my my next thought then with the move and the changes that are happening. What's kind of been uh, the most fun part about it, and maybe the most challenging? The most fun part about it is seeing seeing the the growth that we're going to be able to have, and you know the the ability to make the hopefully make the experience the exhibitor experience better for everybody. Mm. Um, the new pins, as you guys see, the new pins that have gone up on the north end of the yards this year, that is part of our actual you know future. And then the hardest part of it is just trying to figure out how to put it all together, and make it all work again. Yeah, you know right. because you know our shows they they keep growing, especially the yard show because. There is no place better to be in Denver in January in the yards if the sun is nice. Best yeah. 16 I mean, if days it's in January, is, right? It's right. It's best 16 days in January. But the yards is the best place to be. If yeah. it's sunny like this, even if it's a little snow, it's still the best place yeah. to be. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no place been better. several people that ask me, too, like, oh, you know, Denver, like, why do you go clear out there? Yeah. Maybe people don't understand. And I tell them, you don't really realize it until you get here. You look to your right or your left, wherever you're standing. The Rockies are right mm-hmm. there. The air's thin. You smell that diesel, and you know, you smell Perina. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got that. You've got that air. You know, it's just you, the atmosphere here is unlike anywhere else. Well, and the one thing about the yards is there's a lot of exhibitors that show in the yards that don't ever show at another show the rest of the year. Yeah, because they are farms and ranches, and the only place they ever come to promote their cattle or show their cattle or promote their sales coming up in the spring or the fall is Denver. Right. And some of those guys, have, you know, we have some exhibitors that have been coming here for over 35 years just in the yards. Yep. So for them to see, you know, the old pins being torn down and the new pins coming up, it's it's been kind of heart-wrenching for some yeah. of them. I mean, it, my father was a prime example. He's, you know, he started showing here in 1945 and when we told him we were tearing the pins down, I'm like, it was, you know, it was it was heart-wrenching for yeah. a lot of our old exhibitors. Are you selling the lumber? No, oh, we're actually ah. going to reuse. We're going to reuse a lot of it in the new building. I was going to ask. I, I think it'd be the coolest thing ever if you did an auction. I'm not, I'm not trying to talk anything, but <laughs> I would. I would. I would pay some money to get some lumber so that I could build a nice, oh, a nice don't, bar. Don't worry. If there's any lumber yet left and any gates left, as everybody keeps asking, <laughs> uh, we will. We will do something with it. For those things to hold up for yeah. as long as they have, mm-hmm. I mean, that'd be some quality equipment still to have around. Well, if you go clear to the north end of the yards right now that's still standing, yep. some of that lumber is still some of the original. And you'll see the brickwork on the ground that's still some of the original brick that came in with the yards when it was built. They don't so make cool. it like that anymore. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah, the, the the coolest thing, like this is truly a stock show. I mean, like mm-hmm. you were saying, you know, some of these guys go and promote their cattle here just because, I, I mean, if somebody's truly looking for even commercial cattle or whatever, this is the show to go to. This is the place to see genetically what people are doing with their livestock. And so that's what's so unique about Denver, um, especially for those that are listening that have never experienced it before, uh, something that they sure need to check out, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Well, and the, the thing about Denver, you say, talk about the commercial side of it, because there's a lot of these breeders that come here that, yeah, they have purebred cattle and they're all registered, but they do have you know some commercial, quote-unquote, bull sales in the, in the spring right. or the fall as well. Yeah to try to help, you know, help those commercial breeders along. Yeah. yeah. 
Right. Yep. And, and the coolest part about the, the bull display, so my next question is, where is the bull display going to be next year? The bull display will be moved over on the west side of the new Stockyards Event Center. Okay. Um, I, actually, I'm going to have more room than I have right now, so we're going to be able to kind of spread it out, give people a little bit more room to walk around. You know, we have a lot of tents. We have a lot of we have a lot of corporate in here now. Which, when this first started in the late se- mid to late seventies, when they tore down all the pins that used to be here, you know, it was strictly all just bull displays. And it's really funny, even just since I've taken it over, how the industry has changed within the Herdstar area. Because it used to be all you know all clubby bulls mm. and a few semen companies and stuff that came in here. And now, you know, we have, you go up to the front, we have breed associations, we have semen companies, we have, you know, like Transova, you know, different type of companies. We have, you know, online sales companies like you guys and feed companies and stuff that are all wanting to promote, you know, and be a part of the industry. And this is a great place to do it because, hey, it's in Denver and there's no better place to be for the best 16 days of January. That's exactly (laughs) right. A person could really, if, if they had interest in starting their own herd, they could buy the cattle. They could sell the cattle. They could breed that cattle all in one area. Yes. So yeah, that's awesome. So, And here in Denver as well, you know, we have probably more national shows than probably any other show in the country. Yeah. And we have a lot of shows that have moved their national show here every yeah. year that this is their national show. Now, we talk a lot about the cattle, but uh, I showed as a little dude up in the up the hill there with some of the hogs. And, mm-hmm. and it was hilarious. Coming, coming out here from Ohio, it's quite the trip, especially in mm-hmm. middle, middle of January. But they always said, hey. Now, this, this ring's pretty different. It's like, oh, it can't be that different. There's a cinder block pillar right in the middle of this ring that you got to work around. Them. Yeah. So it's, but again, that's part of Denver. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you, when you prepare for that, that's, that's part of it. And that's where the sheep are shown and the goats and I market mean, market hogs. Yeah. The market hogs. So, uh, it's really cool. So, all right. I'm well, one pick. of the uniqueness of Denver too is, you know, we're the only show in the country to have a pin and carload show. Right. We are one of the very few shun- few country shows in the country as well that actually still shows on dirt yeah yep. and you know everybody has green shavings we still show on dirt because that's something we've always done and that's that's national western yeah the blue curtains and the dirt yeah that's, that's right. stock show yep well Corey, this will be a good time to jump in to a topic of discussion in a segment we like to call topics from a hat brought to you by fierce threads of course folks if you're looking to put your business on the forefront with any apparel in screen printing, Fierce Threads is the place to go. That's all we use for our hats, our coats, our shirts, anything you need to put your business on the forefront. Go to fierce-threads.com and put in your order today. So this topic of discussion with Erin is something that's very fascinating. She's very experienced in how to put a stock show together. So here's the question we sent her. So that brings me uh, to to the another question. You've uh, are quite experienced here running a show. Is there any crazy event or something that happened uh, through your years and experiences that's just like a wild story? There was some. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that happened really before I started working here. Um, you know, as, as everybody knows, there was a steer that showed here one time, and his a real name was Jeep. And he was a white steer, and he was dyed black, and they kept him alive till he died. And um, the lady who actually dyed him was a hairdresser, and they actually dyed his eyelashes black as well. Wow. I, I wonder so, what the Walmart, the local Walmart, they probably took yeah. a big hit on black dye. It was, yeah. a, it was they, a lot of dye. They as, were, they, as he started, you know, as some of you guys well know, um, he started turning purple. So yeah. Well, yeah. that was one story, you know. We've had a lot, of, a lot of crazy things happen here in Denver, you know, throughout the years. You know, the industry has changed so much where, you know, we're looking at phrase frame score 10s to frame score 4s and cattle. And so mm. throughout the years, there's been a lot of interesting things that have happened in Denver. And yeah. it's just fun to be here. I, I tell you what, I, I was getting excited on the way out here. This is I'm switching subjects on you. But the marketing that you guys have on social media, I and mean, we talk about social media a lot, but I was getting so pumped up because, A, I knew I was going to come here. But just seeing every aspect, rather it be in the goat barn or the bull displays or you know, the cattle ring, um, great group of people don't know one of them, but they do a really good job at, at promoting, uh, what's going on here. And, uh, if a person that's listening now, book it for your vacation. <laughs> well, one really cool thing we have here and on to that note, we have a, we, we try to do a lot of education events here mm-hmm. and try to do a lot of promoting of those students in the future and try to help them out to get, you know, move to that next step of if they want to work at a livestock show or work for breed association or just work, th- work within the ag industry, 
that social media stuff you're talking about is we started a media internship program about five years oh, yeah. ago. Yep. And um, we moved. We used to only have two waves of it. Now we have three. Wow. And a good friend of mine, Kylie Denise, helps manage that deal. And she does an awesome job. And, you know, the girls that come in to do it, we, you know, we usually have over 60 applicants for, th- for six positions. Yeah. So, awesome. I mean, it's, it's a great thing. It's, and it's the kids that the girls or the guys that ever come and do it every year, they... They love it. Yeah. They get, oh, say they get so much out of it. And a lot of them have never been to Denver before. Wow. Well, there's, you know, just today, you know, walking through the bull display and, and there's people here, you know, that ha- has no affiliation with livestock mm-hmm. at all. I mean, they just come to see and experience this show. And, and we talked to a few folks like, and what's the coolest part? And they said, we come here every year just to see the bulls because <laughs> it's just the coolest thing ever. The, the fluffy cow syndrome, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it's really neat to just kind of to know that there's lots of people out there in Denver, you know, as a as a city. Uh, there's not just a whole lot going on outside of Denver. Uh, you get a few miles outside of town, and it's pretty flat and, pretty flat, and hilly. Yeah. And you know, or you, you go got, skiing. That's all you yeah. yeah, right. Uh, so we're it, marking that off our list tomorrow. <laughs> I don't ski, so yeah, I, I'm I'm now, ner- I'm a little throughout nervous. the year. That's really funny because we get the two biggest phone calls we get throughout the whole year are what you, what weekend is the bull displays, and when is when do the steers go on display at the Brown Palace? That's oh cool. yeah. So we're actually celebrating the 75th year of putting steers on display at the Brown Palace this year. But actually, it's the 74th year for steers because the first year, the first two animals that were on display at the Brown Palace were two Hereford bulls that sold for $50,000 a piece. Wow. That's 75 And so that was the first year. And he happened to know the owner at the Brown Palace and the general manager at that time. And he called him and said, hey, I want to bring some cattle down there and put them on display. So that's how it started. Wow. And um, so they did that. And now it's... They have high noon tea when the steers are on display, and it's it's an event, oh. and it's pretty cool to go to. I know the kids that have won it; they go out there. I mean, they they enjoy it. They they get a good they have a good time at it. But it's packed. There's a line around the, the Brown Palace Hotel to get into it. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. So uh, we appreciate your time. We won't take much more out of it, but uh, and we're we're going to kind of put you on the spot here. But I know you can nail it. You've nailed every question so far. So we ask every guest this year. We switched it up. So what uh, has the livestock industry Give what what lessons have you learned from the livestock industry in your tenure in it? What have I learned? Patience mm. within with my job. That the livestock industry as a whole, it's a family. Mm. Um, you know, we travel to all these shows, and you know, you have your groups you travel with. No matter, you know, I help at some other livestock shows around the country too. So I have like my pig family, my you know, my cattle family and, you know, just trade show family and different things that I do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, it is to me, it's, it's truly a family and, you know, it's competitive just like anything else. It's no different than, than sports. Right. And, um, you know, we all want to, we all want to win, but to me and in the long run, I think it all ends up being that, you know, we're, we're all friends. And at the end, no matter what happens in the show ring, we all seem to come together and get along. Mm. Eventually it always happens that way no matter what. But to me, it's all about families. And to me, it's about the kids. That's why I got into this industry because it's about the kids and showing them the future and, you know, making them be the best that they can be as well. hundred percent agree. That's exactly uh, why we love doing it because um, it's what's so fun about us is our audience we've interacted with are that, you know, high school, sophomore, uh, you know, on up. And, and the ones that interact and engage with us the most are, are probably the younger crowd. Mm-hmm. And what we've enjoyed so much about that is, you know, that they see us, they see the people we talk to, and the ability to just teach and learn and, mm-hmm. and mold young people is what we love the most about this team. You look at a lot of the breed associations now and the, how there's an age group of kids, and there's a lot of young kids. And just like with NJSA and Team Purebred, same thing. I mean, there's we try to promote and have a lot of events for those younger kids at those events because that's our future, mm-hmm. yep. you know, and that's what's coming up, and that's what we need to help grow, yep. and that's what we need to make this industry the best industry that we can for. Yep, absolutely. Aaron, we're we're so glad that you took time to sit with us here in the Show Cattle Connection and Umbarger booth at the National Western Stock Show here in the yards in the bull display. Um, Jeff. This has been a fun one. It has been fun. Aaron, again, I know you're busy. Thanks for taking a couple minutes out of your day. Not a problem. Thank you for having me. Well, we were super happy to have Erin uh, sit down for a couple minutes. She is a busy, busy lady come stock show time. And I know that's been a couple weeks past, but man, to hear the history behind the yards and where it's headed, I got pretty excited because uh, I love the stock show there in Denver, Colorado. But 
We also got to meet up with a very young good mind, happens to also be a Show Cattle Connection rep. P.D. Miller is next on Stock Talk. So guess what, Trev? I'm going to steal this intro from you. All right, go ahead. Since you do this all the time, and we've had over, what, 50 episodes at this point? Time, yeah. It's probably about time that I get a chance. So we are sitting here. <laughs> You're the worst. So we're sitting here um, again in the Show Cattle Connection and Umbarger Show Feeds booth. Thankful for our friends at Show Cattle Connection. Katie Bratton sitting, well, almost soon not to be Katie Bratton here uh, a couple months. That's crazy to me. <laughs> anyway, so we got Petey Miller here with us. Um, Petey, another uh, young guy here in the industry that we are excited to have on the show because we got a lot of topics that we want to cover surrounding some things we've discussed on the show before, but having somebody else to relate to will be nice. Um, so, Petey, for those that don't know who you are, uh, give us a little brief history on on yourself, what you do, where you're from, all that good stuff. So I'm originally from Torrington, Wyoming, uh, where my family owns and operates M. Lazy Heart Ranch. We've got uh, about 380 club calf cows where we raise steers and heifers and sell and market those to junior exhibitors across the country. Uh, but on top of that, we've also got a, about a 10,000 head one-time capacity cattle feed yard. Wow. Uh, we're primarily custom fed, so we'll feed a lot of cattle throughout the year. And recently, we just ventured into a feed store opportunity where we built a mill and started mixing and selling our own show feeds. Uh, so on top of that, I also work for ShowCattleConnection.com as a sales rep, uh, so I could see a lot of cattle throughout the year, uh, to say the least. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> yeah. So in other words, you're not very busy. Um, Sit on the couch, lot, Cheetos. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you're also judging quite a few shows. I am. Um, freshly, freshly glad. Boy, it's been a long time in Denver. <laughs> freshly graduated from Oklahoma State. Yes, sir. Where you were a part of the national champion judging team. That was probably one of the most winningest judging teams of all time, if I had to guess, in the senior college deal. So it's kind of cool. Um, so I'm going to dive in first topic, Trev. Just hijack the whole thing. Go sure ahead. Did. This is, this is the Corey Edge <laughs> show. Um, just kidding. Um, so, you know, Trevor and I talk often about the young judges that are starting to get to the point where we're getting bigger shows, um, getting more calls to do things around the country that probably wouldn't have otherwise got a chance to do, um, given our connections, certain things like that. Um, we also realize that maybe it's a little bit harder to get that older crowd to buy into us. Um, so what are some things that you've done? Because uh, I know we were talking off air about some of the shows that you've done and shows you got coming up. What have you kind of done to not necessarily combat that viewpoint, but just kind of relay the message like, hey, I know I'm a young kid, but I might know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know, it's tough when I'm 23 years old. When a 23-year-old kid hops out in the ring and is trying to tell people what they like and don't like about their animals, you know, if you're an older person, that can be taken a few different ways. Um, I guess for me, I always just try to push my background. I mean, I've grown up doing this since I was six years old. I knew what I was going to do with my life. I was going to be at home raising show cattle and selling them across the country. Uh, so I have a background in this is the first thing that I stress. And on top of it, accuracy is the big thing. Uh, most people know when they go to a show, they sit at home and they study them more than anyone else. Mm. They already know what's wrong with their animal before they come to a show. Uh, so if you can be accurate and hit the points where you'd like to change one, people can accept that. Uh, maybe if they're not in the spot they want to be, they at least say that the judge called them right and uh, talked them right on the mic. Yep. Well, I like that a lot. You know, a lot of times when we ask that question, um, people try to prove themselves. Not saying the ones that we've asked before same really good topic and they answered it awesome but all fair i've asked a couple of the young ones like hey you know you're very talented but but it's always like oh i i know this forever you know that right there brings up a whole a whole nother good point about uh the integrity of the of the judges you know i think it, you're 23 and you start out every single show you do you do it with integrity you're going to get the big calls you said you're heading to beef expo yes sir I will pretty beef soon. Expo. <laughs> that's going to be big time that's uh, that was actually one of my goals. You know, Iowa Beef Expo is a big jackpot show, and I'm looking yep. forward to doing it. But I guess the thing that really strikes home with me that I'm going to take away from it is I get to do it with Dr. Dave DeWello. Mm. Um, and he's one of the most respected cattlemen in the industry. You can ask about anyone. That guy is uh, really, really sharp, and he's someone that I've looked up to. I mean, I grew up 40 minutes away from him. 
Right. And you go to shows across the country, and you don't necessarily go to his house or see him, but you see him at shows, and like, hey, you live 40 minutes away from me. <laughs> so it's going to be neat to uh, see our opinions together and get to do a show with some a person that I really look up to. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, I actually I don't know Dave Dave on a personal level, but I do follow Brad Hook on Snapchat. And uh, just a little bit ago when Brad was uh, out there taking his pictures, I mean, you really got to know Dave uh, because some of those videos are, I mean, just, he's a funny guy. He loves what he does. Um, so I think that'll be fun to watch you two sort that show together. Um, one of the other things too is, um, you know, when it comes to just being a, an evaluator, a, a steward of the livestock industry, um, you know, doing it as a young as a young person growing up in the deal, it's sometimes we get we take that for granted a little bit, and maybe from the outside looking in, um, some people don't realize just how much we put into the deal. Um, rather, it be uh, you know going to shows and and talking to people, or or maybe you're just at home, you know, putting the sweat in. I think one of the cool things that us young people can do to help promote our brand is to talk about our experiences you know yeah you're 23 but you grew up on a on a show cattle farm and and 100 what'd you say a thousand stocker cat about 10,000 10, yeah excuse me Times i don't know there's another zero <laughs> uh but yeah i mean that's i've always enjoyed uh being able to talk to guys our age that we can kind of relate with like yeah we may not be 20 years of experience you know after college but we got probably 20 years experience regardless so, so. how do you do that speaking of the 10,000 cattle your feed mill that you're starting working with show cattle connection how do you manage all three of those plus your own personal life i mean you're 23 years old man <laughs> so i i guess this is a, a question that's just kind of thrown at you and we asked this to guess who's been doing it forever how do you kind of manage your time for some of the youngsters out there doing the same thing? Oh, I mean, it's hard. As far as a social life, you don't really get much of one. Um, and I'm very fortunate to work with some people that have been doing it for longer than I have and kind of show me the ropes. And my dad's very good at, you know, you wake up in the morning, you're up before the sun's up, and you're going to bed after the sun's down. Yeah. Right. Um, so just persevering through that and trying to keep mental notes of what you need to get done throughout the day helps me a lot. Because when you've got 50 different directions you could go, you kind of have to have a schedule and a plan for your day. And the biggest thing for me is it kills me most days if I don't get everything I get done. in a day. If I don't get everything I want to get done in a day, it stresses me out. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, you got to realize that you'll hopefully have tomorrow to go out and catch up. Yeah. Right. And uh, each day's different, too. I mean, if you raise any kind of livestock, we have a fan, by the way. I don't know if you know this or not, that raises guinea pigs and rabbits. So, oh, yeah, yeah, so I, got that, I got that message. Same, it doesn't matter what you're raising. Uh, they change all the time, and you, you're in charge of another life or 10,000. So um, I just wanted to ask that because people don't really, if they have five sows or five cows or 10,000, it's still the same amount of work, just at different scales. So for your fan out there that raises rabbits and guinea pigs, I will say that when me and my friends were judging in college, we were trying to think of how to make a little money on the side, and we actually looked at investing in rabbits, and those things are a lot more maintenance than a guy would think. We did a lot of research on rabbit ranching. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I, got, I had an internship. Oh, it's been a while back now with Cargill, and me and my one of one of my uh, co-interns, I guess you could say, we got bored one day trying to figure out how to make some more side money, and uh, we looked into ostrich farming. Um, yeah, right. Not, the, you buy one <laughs> ostrich egg, it's like 40 bucks, and it's like the equivalent of two dozen regular chicken eggs. So I could see how, you know, the rabbit deal and, and the maintenance behind that. Well, plus, I mean, they're reproducing every, what, like... What, they say you I get, like, three litters a year or something? Three, yeah. So, I mean... No, I just well, don't that's know where that expression, that. breeding like rabbits, comes from. Yeah. Now, I, this is totally off subject, but I just, just hanging out. I just can imagine Corey Edge ranching ostriches as they come off of a trailer looking like some Jurassic animal, and you're trying to <laughs> wrangle them and collect their eggs. Yeah. Now, let's just think about this for a second. <laughs> I mean, they would be faster than me. Uh, I might have to learn how to rope. I don't know. I don't know how you'd, you'd corral an ostrich. Let's but. just all be like Petey Miller, who we got our head on straight. We're in, we're, we're, we got our hands in, in different other. <laughs> yeah. So. So, so how many hats can you fit on your head at one time? Haven't tried it before. Well, it's the, maybe, I don't know, maybe a hat and a headband. <laughs> okay. A headband, a headband to hold the hats. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, 
when it comes to the show cattle operation, um, what kind of genetics do you guys have? You kind of centralized your cow herd around, and um, you know, what are some of, the, some of those influential breeders you've worked with? So my dad, we're, so my family's originally from Pennsylvania, where my dad started with the Charlotte cow base, and he showed Charlotte cattle growing up. But it was always his dream to feed cattle and raise show steers. Uh, so he bought a lot of Maine cattle from Jim Panel out in Wyoming, and that's kind of how we got accustomed to the area and eventually moved out there. Uh, so Jim Panel was a lot of influence way back in the day. Um, now we typically just keep all of our own replacements and don't buy too many outside cattle. Uh, but when me and my brother and my sister were showing a lot of heifers, we would always go out and try to buy one that we thought would work in the show ring. And, and maybe she wouldn't win every time, but we wanted to buy the cattle that we thought would be great cows. Right. And that's where a lot of our donor base comes from is stuff that we've shown in the past. How many guys flush? Uh, so last I checked, we actually had to do inventory at the end of the year. We have 28 donors. I'd say, I'd say you definitely inventory is necessary <laughs> when you climb up past probably 10. Um, yeah. So what, uh, what are kind of the, obviously there's all kinds of hot show steer bull genetics out there to buy. What's kind of clicked the best, like with your genetic package? So with our cows, uh, I'll term them as hot bread is what I'll say. Uh, our cow base is typically very hard muscled, very stout and very long neck. So if we can find bulls to soften them up and just kind of mellow them out, yep. that, that really seems to work for us. Uh, we get along really well uh, last year with the bull fair and square. Uh, that one's worked really well. And then we also have some bulls of our own. Uh, I'm actually really excited about our promotional sire coming up that we just sold uh, part of to John Griswold. He's a double clean half-blood main bull uh, that looks like he's going to keep their structure right, smooth them out, and keep some good look in them. Hmm. Cool. Got a name for him yet? Something else. Yeah, I like that. All right. <laughs> so, got some friends walking by. Neil Smith. Hey, Smith Family Farms. Check those guys out. <laughs> Shorthorn Cattle. Uh, buddy Mitch and I are actually coaching a judging team in Pendleton, Indiana. There you it's, go. Been, it's been a fun experience. Um, so the next thing, Trevor, I mean, we, it's kind of funny. We're, we love to hearing people's stories about like, what's their favorite part about Denver. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what's yours, Petey? You know, I love showing cattle on the hill and it's later in the week, but I've always loved the prospect show. Uh, that's where I first showed when I was seven years old. And, uh, I can picture me coming here showing in that show every year. Uh, with that, though, I guess a memory that I have, and at the time it wasn't fun, but we look back at it and laugh now, is that first heifer I showed here when I was seven years old. We were coming down the hill, and she was a little waspy. She'd only been out about <laughs> once before, and I was a seven-year-old kid, but I, I mean, I was hell-bent, and I wanted to lead my own cow down the hill. Well, she got going down the hill and took off and <laughs> drug me. And I would not let go. I was on my belly getting pulled down the hill by this red and white heifer. And the only reason I finally let go is I had a belt buckle on, and my belt buckle caught a manhole and jerked me <laughs> off the halter. Oh, no. Uh, now, that's I, a sight to see. Oh, man. So this is a long story, but it's somewhere something similar. Um, gosh, I think I was probably in like maybe seventh grade, like one of my last years I ever showed cattle. And we were at the Hoosier Beef Congress, I had this this heifer that I was showing for a guy. Nobody knows who he is. Anyway, so I was leading her, and, and uh, there was a terrible ice storm that week. And I was leading this heifer underneath. And if you're familiar with Indiana State Fairgrounds, there is the sheep barn and the draft horse barn right next to each other. And then there's an overpass, and it's got chains and pulleys and everything else hanging in that over uh, that overhang. And so we were we were stalled in the draft horse barn, and uh, I was leading her from tie-outs into the barn, and there was a rattle in the chains above, and clearly did not like that. Similar story where I didn't want to let go. She took off, and finally the reason I let go is because I slipped on a patch of ice. She kicked my leg for, out from underneath of me, and then I hit my head on the concrete and made a trip to the ER. So that was fun. Maybe knock some sense into you. <sighs> probably not. Obviously probably, not. Probably part of the reason I stopped showing cattle, too. Social smash. Brought to you by Brad Howe Ford in Kokomo, Indiana. Guys, if you want to upgrade that new truck to pull that shiny new trailer, or even if you just have a vehicle that you're sick of and want to just jump into a new one, Brad Howe Ford is the place to go. Folks, they will guide you into the right direction with their award-winning customer service. Be sure to look them up. Brad Howe Ford, Kokomo, Indiana, our sponsor of Social Smash. We're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to experience... 
or I experienced, I should say, some social media positive outlook. While I was in Perry, Georgia, as we know, the Zundel family is going through a little bit of, of medical issues there. And the amount of support that I've seen on social media, people changing their profile picture just to support that family and the donations that are going out on social media. Guys, this is how social media can be brought to light in a positive manner. Uh, I know Corey just explained his his deal about how he got drugged at the Indiana State Fair by a heifer. Uh, nowadays, everybody's quick to video that. And, um, you know, that can be put on social media, which maybe isn't such a good outlook, but us as stockmen know that that happens. So that brings me to my next point. Also, while I was in Perry, Georgia, um, they are really cracking down uh, the NSR on positive outreach. And, you know, if a pig is squealing as we load it onto a trailer or maybe a heifer is fighting us as we try to load her up into the trailer, we as stockmen know that that kind of happens and we need to encourage them uh, to push them up into the trailer a bit. Well, if we're at a fair or in the public light, People see that and they can video it quickly and throw it up online and that that video can go to the national light and reach the news. So just take a second and realize somebody may be watching that may not understand what we're doing. Um, So the social smash here is if you happen to use a little bit of force, we may know that it's not hurting the animal one bit, especially if it's a hog who just happens to squeal for fun. Let's just take a second and notice that somebody may be watching and encourage it lightly. And even if you're in the ring, especially in the hog ring, uh, we don't need to overuse that whip if we don't have to. Um, Any other species, there's no need to be aggressive. But two sides of the spectrum here. I love the positive outreach that's happening today with supporting different families. And it's becoming even better when the stock show families are learning that other people are watching. And those people watching may be impacted positively about just going to a stock show. So this social smash is broad spectrum and very quick. Within our live episode, we didn't get a chance to to reach out to PD about a social smash per se. But let's just take time to reflect on the positive attributes that social media can bring us. Back to PD Miller. Uh, well, uh, you know, this has been a really entertaining but yet really good uh, episode so far. So uh, uh, like you said, we... We have a lot of topics we wanted to cover, and we did. But one of the last ones we wanted to, to focus on was you're just getting into this industry per se, but you're, you're in the right place and, and you're working with the right people. But up until this point, what lessons have you learned um, throughout your time in the livestock industry? Uh, you were in it since birth, it sounds like. So to those other ones listening, no matter what age, what lessons have you learned? So I guess the first lesson I learned was uh, – don't be afraid to watch your dreams come true. Mm. Uh, when I was 10 years old, I showed a heifer that uh, won a lot of shows and went to her last show ever. I, I don't think she was ever beaten in class. Went to her last show ever, and uh, she was actually third in class. And as a 10-year-old kid, I walked out of the ring, and I looked at my parents, and I said, Mom and Dad, one day I want to be the guy whose opinion matters, and I want to judge every major steer and heifer show in the country. Wow. And... You know, you get to this stage of life where you go through the college judging experience and you have a good run. And even if you don't have a good run, you're still going to get to evaluate shows if you know livestock. And now that I'm kind of seeing these things come true and you're getting called to do shows, it's almost surreal uh, to see that your dreams are coming true. But I think it's definitely something you shouldn't be afraid of if it's right there in front of you. Love it. Wow. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. I got one more question. Oh, my. I got to know. What's your bucket list shows? Bucket list shows. Uh, definitely want to do Indiana State Fair. Uh, definitely steers or heifers? Steers. Uh, you know, I, I like the steer. I like the steer side of things just because I'm so involved in it and want yep. to uh, go through and see other people's stock that they've raised and evaluate it. But uh, the bucket list of all bucket list shows, if you want to sort steers at a stock show, is definitely Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say. If I ever have the opportunity to do that show, I can only imagine the experience. It's like the Super Bowl of cattle shows. Yep. Well, don't be afraid to let your dreams come true. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Hey, what about multi-species? I know you judge some hog shows. Mm -hmm. What's the bucket list hog show for you? Uh, OYE. OYE? I I love OYE just as far as the big ring and the bright lights. I think the OYE hog show is awfully, awfully cool. Trevor and I talk about our, our bucket list shows quite often. Yeah. I mean, I've got multi-species bucket list shows. I mean, I'll never do it, 
don't let, don't be afraid to let your dreams come true. But I'll never do it. Fort Worth <laughs> Steers, obviously. San Antonio Bears, uh-huh. uh, Houston Market Lambs, and and I don't know if I'll ever get called to do a major goat show. Probably not because I'm too tall. Um, but you know, I, I think uh, I think doing a doing a goat show somewhere would be kind of cool too. MLE looks like a fun goat show to judge. I've never I've never been up there, so yeah. I See, know. I think the uh, Louisville Sheep Show would be oh, incredible, big yep. time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, there's so many. There's so many bucket list shows out there. <laughs> if there's a pig in it, that's my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, thanks for opening up your book and uh, sharing a little story with us. And uh, hope hope people got uh, a really good lesson. So thanks again for taking time out of your day. Yeah, thank you all for having me. I enjoyed it. Awesome. It does not matter who you are if you've been doing this for years and years and conducting a major stock show or just getting started to do some major livestock shows and evaluate all over the country, it's interesting to hear their life stories, what they do, what they plan to do. And Aaron and PD both, man, I enjoyed our time with those people and just uh, picking their brain a bit. And the history of the stock show was just fascinating. And then uh, picking a young evaluator's mind. I always love doing that. Yeah, I agree. And the best part about what we get to do is we get to network with those people all the time um, with, with this show. And I think it allows our listeners to kind of be able to kind of navigate those waters with us. Right. Um, so folks, uh, we really appreciate you listening, uh, continue to support us on, uh, on our website, order some merch, give us some, some five-star ratings on all our social media channels. Um, if you have not visited the stock talk website yet, you can at stock talk dash podcast.com we've got merch up there we've got all our episodes are loaded in now which is kind of cool and we have the ability to uh, communicate with you guys through that as well so continue to submit your topics from a hat your guest suggestions have been incredible trevor and i are just elated at all the feedback we've gotten from you guys Uh, the interaction on social media we love it continue to share like post, comment, all the above. Guys, you are absolutely incredible. Huge guests coming. We are planning uh, a few weeks in advance now. Hot topics. And uh, man, yeah, keep giving us those five-star reviews on iTunes. Reach out to us on social media. We got a lot of work to do and a lot of guests to get on. Bright future ahead here at Stock Talk, guys. You are awesome. Thanks so much for listening. This has been another edition of Stock Talk. Stock Talk.